Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day and welcome back to the Fun Advice Podcast where we talk everything agribusiness. If you're a regular listener or you've just tuned in, it means a lot as we get this off the ground to help grow Australian agribusinesses with cold hard facts how they can improve or think differently as an individual. I'd absolutely love it if you can share this with a screenshot and put it on your Insta story. It'd be bloody unreal to reach more farmers across Australia and maybe even my old man he can believe me that I actually do run a podcast. Today on the show, we speak to Graham from Deponics, based up in Queensland. They have a blueprint of what is a drought-proof farm. With the growing need of different sources of proteins from, from consumers and supplements like omega-3 without tearing down the ocean supply of fish, they're growing algae at a rapid rate. You'll be able to catch that rapid rate in the podcast. Let's waste no more time and get into it. Hey Graham, thanks for coming on the Farms Advice podcast from Cuponics. How's everything going your way? Thanks Jack, uh, thanks for having me on. No, things are going well. Excellent, up in sunny Queensland there. Yep, we're based in Brisbane. Um, very nice, um, we're not, we're the climate's perfect for growing algae outdoors. I bet. So before we jump into it, can you just tell us a bit about what led you into starting Euponics, how long it's been around, and what it's actually doing? Sure, we we founded the company almost 10 years ago um, with a view to um, investing in aquaponics technology, which is the, uh, the cultivation of uh, fish in ponds and using the effluent of the ponds to fertilize the growth of horticulture like lettuce and so on and so forth. Um, but we realized that was a business with very low margins um, and with large upfront investment required. So we began to search for alternatives 
Um, we identified algae farming as perhaps a better alternative to the horticulture um, because of the high value products you can produce from algae farming. Uh, but ultimately, we decided that, uh, that including fish in the mix was also um, not worthwhile. So we, um, for, the, for, me, for the past uh, seven years or so, we've been a pure play algae company. Um, and uh, we searched the world for a photobioreactor technology to be able to grow algae in, in a warehouse or a greenhouse type situation. Um, but that technology is very, very expensive, um, most, mostly manufactured in Europe and, and Asia. And um, basically, you'll find that companies that use this technology, uh, their farms aren't particularly large in terms of production of algae. And then about uh, four and a half years ago, uh, we were partner, we've been partnered with the University of Queensland uh, since the beginning. And uh, we um, saw the first data from the university's R&D scale outdoor raceway pond. Um, and they, it, I saw the data for our species of algae in January, February, 2016. The data was amazing. Um, the productivity was extremely high um, and we immediately applied for a, um, a federal, Australian federal government um, CRC project grant for a million dollars, um, submitted it in the March, literally wrote it within three weeks, submitted it. And in June, uh, I was informed by the Oz industry that we were successful. And I got a nice letter from the then minister um, for, for science and innovation that we were successful and that was very, very nice. And um, we immediately started planning to upgrade the university farm into a mini scale, um, uh, a scalable automated and modular farm that we plan to build in northern New South Wales. And uh, we finally had that operating by November last year. And uh, we continue to upgrade the various different um, functions of the harvesting and the processing of the algae and the extraction of oils from the algae. And um, if you look at our website, you can see some photographs and uh, some video of the construction and operation of the farm. It's, it's great to see like a totally different sort of product that everyone's used to, especially for this podcast. But just talk me through like how you get it to market. How long does it take for the algae to grow? Um, it's a very, very fast growing algae. Uh, it's a species of nanochloropsis. So you can tell by the name that it's a very small, the cells of the algae are very tiny um, and they grow very, very fast. Uh, once the, a pond is up to full density, um, you can harvest that pond every three days. So in other words, you're continuously har continuously harving, harvesting product on the algae from the farm and then um, uh, extracting the algae from the water. Um, and you then re return the water from the pond and the pond resumes growing and you can then harvest it, it again three days later. So uh, one of the great advantages of um, working with what is essentially a microorganism um, the, the growth is extremely fast, extremely quick. So for that three days in one pond, are we talking several kilos or tonnage? 
No, we're talking tonnage per year. Um, uh, we're, we're talking um, uh, total. Well, you've got to talk in terms of oil, in terms of um, the biomass, the byproduct. So what we do is when we harvest the algae, we, we, have, we extract the uh, algae from the water, which is not a simple process, and we have to use an ultra-filtration process to extract algae from the water, and um, it's concentrated from about 0.04% to about 15%, so the system is actually, it actually is quite efficient. Um, that 15% by weight algae in the, in the slurry can then be uh, fr uh, freeze-dried or, or, or uh, spray-dried, and then once it's dried, you can extract the oil from the algae. Now, uh, we're, we're looking at the, the revenues that we can achieve are substantial. Um, and um, the, the amount of uh, oil and protein that we produce uh, per annum is also substantial. So um, you know, we, are, we are looking to build a, a much larger scale version of the farm, of the demonstration farm uh, down in the Northern Rivers region of uh, New South Wales. And um, we are looking at uh, substantial productivity there um, within the next uh, few years. Um, uh, subject to raising capital, which we're doing at the yep. moment, uh, we uh, should have the first uh, 1.2 hectares of farm operating, which is three large ponds, each of which are, will be 250 metres long by 16 metres wide. Now, each of those, the per hectare of ponds, um, we, we will be earning revenues in the order of $4 million a year. And uh, by the end of 2022, we anticipate having um, 27 ponds operating. So as you can see, uh, the revenue is uh, projected revenue is substantial um, and uh, the profit margin is also substantial, although I have to be a little um, careful in how much I divulge, of course, in such an interview. Yeah, definitely. It's great to see like you are, you've got something there really to look forward to and establishing yeah. yourself in the Northern Rivers. How, yes, how, are they, how deep are these ponds? Are they quite shallow? Uh, uh, no more than um, 400 millimetres deep, usually around um, 25 to 30 millimetres deep, uh, but certainly no more than about 400. So they're quite shallow. Yep. Um, and uh, the pond walls are around 400, maybe a little bit higher. Um, so, you know, the, the, they don't... Um, they don't modify the landscape all that much, although they will be on a hard stand as high as half a metre tall. So, um, and uh, yeah, so it's a relatively simple pond design, but uh, what goes on in the background is fairly complex. Yeah, definitely. For the like products that are coming from it, can you just tell us what these are? Um, they're just for human consumption. Yes, yes. It's, it's probably worth sort of starting at the beginning in terms of, you know, the problems that we're addressing and how we're going to solve them. Sorry, that's my email. No worries. I apologize. Um, I should turn that off as, as I'm talking. So uh, the problem, the, 
one of the major problems we, we are addressing is the decline in marine animals from which um, fish oil, krill oil, calamari oil, and all those sort of oils from which uh, omega-3 fatty acids are, uh, are um, uh, produced from. And when you buy fish oil at the supermarkets and the health food shops and the chemist pharmacies around the world, uh, most of it is derived, as you probably know, from fish oil and krill oil. Um, increasingly, we're having companies like us producing it from algae because the ultimate source of the omega-3s in fish oil is because is from algae. The fish either eat algae directly or they eat other fish that eat algae. So the omega-3 accumulates in fish like tuna, um, salmon, um, uh, and a number of other fish. And of course, what we're facing at the moment is that 75% of the world's fish populations are being harvested faster than they can reproduce. Um, 90% of the predatory fish have vanished. Uh, species are actually vanishing due to overfishing. And also we've got ocean warming due to climate change um, exacerbating the whole process. And some, some commentators are saying that global fisheries may collapse within the next 30 years, which is alarming. Another problem is um, you've got massive growing demand for uh, omega-3s and fish oil and krill oil because um, it's estimated about 70% of the world's population of people are deficient in these omega-3s. And so if you're not eating fish um, or fish oil, then you are omega-3 deficient. And this leads to a whole number of uh, modern day diseases like cardiovascular disease, like depression, um, like declining muscle strength and bone strength in the elderly. And, uh, even, even Alzheimer's disease uh, has a link to omega-3 deficiency. Um, the pharmaceutical industry has latched on to EPA omega-3, which is the omega-3 that we, we are producing. And um, one company in America, Amarin's Corporation, actually had FDA approval to release the new drug last year. And uh, it's called a Baskepa, and that is used as a supplement to statins to further reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease. So that, that's driving demand. And of course, we've got vegetarians in, around the world uh, who generally don't want to or prefer not to eat fish, fish oil. Um, they're looking for vegetarian omega-3s from algae. So that's another, that's another demand on the industry. Uh, another problem that we're all facing is that uh, the world requires urgent transformative change in agriculture because the world is facing a looming protein deficit food protein deficit by 2050 or earlier. And this was caused by uh, there not being enough pastoral or arable land to, to produce enough livestock and meat protein and plants like um, soybeans and chickpeas for, for alternative plant proteins. And you, you would have noticed that alternative proteins are becoming much more popular around the world um, over the past 18 months. This, this whole protein deficits being exacerbated by climate change, um, increasing the severity and frequency of drought in food growing areas. And Australia is a prime example. So the solutions we're offering to all of these problems are sustainable marine uh, microalgae farming in Australia. In Australia that's uh, subject to the worst of the droughts that can be, can be foreseen. Um, 
we grow algae using salty tidal river water. We have no need for rainwater. We have no need for irrigation water. Um, all we need is salty river water, which is freely available in relatively clean tidal rivers in the Northern Rivers area of Northern New South Wales. Um, our system is scalable. It's automated, modular, so we can rapidly expand um, our, our operation over, over a, a flat piece of land. And of course, in the Northern Rivers, there is a lot of affordable flat land next to tidal river waters, um, that much of which is currently um, used for sugarcane farming, so it's laser level, and it's affordable. The price per acre is relatively low. And of course, by doing this, we will reduce the demand for oil source from marine animals. And we also produce um, alternative protein because the two products we produce by cultivating and harvesting and extracting the oil from our species of nanochloropsis, firstly, it is uh, a high value primary oil product, rich in EPA and omega 3 and also uh, palmitate palmitolaic omega-7 fatty acids. So it has two really, really strong health-giving fatty acids in, in the oil. Uh, and this is a very high value product and assure, ensures productivity of the farm. The byproduct is a protein, is the protein rich um, uh, biomass that remains after you extract the oil. Now 30% of the algae by weight is oil and 70% of the algae by weight is this high protein uh, byproduct. Now the protein in this byproduct is up to 72.5% protein. And it, is, it includes all the full complement of amino acids. So it's a complete protein. Um, I've just discussed briefly about um, EPA omega-3. Now the other omega-3 that's present in fish oil is DHA. Omega-3. Now, EPA omega-3 is a very powerful natural anti-inflammatory agent. It's even been suggested as a as, as um, a powerful preventer of serious outcomes and in infections like influenza and COVID. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's been medically proven as an add-on to the use of statins to reduce the risk of adverse cardiovascular events. Um, it reduces the risk of depression and onset of schizophrenia, uh, increasing bone health and muscle strength in the elderly. So, you know, the baby boomers, if you're not taking it, it should be. Um, and it reduces the symptoms of autoimmune disease, and that's fairly commonly known. And interestingly, it, uh, there's increasing evidence coming out that it may delay or even prevent Alzheimer's disease and other cognitive disorders. Um, the other fatty acid in the oil is uh, palmitolaic uh, omega-7. Now, the, our oil has, uh, for the EPA, omega-3, we have between 33 and 45% by weight in the oil is that, is that fatty acid. The omega-7 is between 20 and 25% in the oil. Now, this is a very interesting uh, fatty acid, and it is beginning, beginning to be recognized as a powerful anti-inflammatory agent that uh, not only reduces blood triglycerides like EPA does and reduces the markers of inflammation uh, and reducing uh, the bad cholesterol, increasing the good cholesterol, 
there's new evidence and currently being examined in clinical trials in America that it may prevent obesity and it may prevent type 2 diabetes. Now, that is early research, but the, um, the, the very, very interesting, and I'm following, following all that very closely. Now, our protein-rich byproduct, as I said before, it's about 72.5% protein, the core complement of amino acids. Um, if you look at the protein productivity of broad active crops like uh, soybeans, that has the productivity of about 1,200 kilograms of protein per hectare. Chickpeas, about 1,000 kilograms of protein per hectare. But with microalgae, you're talking of 30,000 kilograms of protein per hectare. And the other interesting statistic is uh, by growing microalgae to produce alternative protein, you need uh, nine, 960 times less land than feet. 270 times less land than pork, 90 times less land than poultry, and 30 times less land than soybeans and chickpeas. And you don't need fresh water. So basically, we're talking about a drought-proof form of agriculture for Australia. It definitely, I think that's a that's a huge point towards your farm. There's mm. it's not like large scale what like livestock or cropping farms are it's quite small and unique to itself and proving huge worth with 30,000 kilos of protein per hectare. That's huge. It is huge. It's absolutely massive. Um, and it's, all, it's almost unbelievable, but we've got the data. We've proven it at the demonstration farm here in Brisbane. We've got the data for that. Yeah, so so yeah, on, the, on the demonstration farm, are you working closely mm -hmm. with the university? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we work close with uh, Professor Pierre Schenk yep. at the university, and um, he runs, uh, he heads the algae biotechnology group there. Um, there are, other, there is one other algae group, but the Pierre Schenk's group is the one we deal directly with, and um, he has a team of up to twenty staff and students working there at any one time. So we have access to students, and we have a couple of engineers that we that we have that on, our, on our payroll that work at the farm. Are both chemical engineers, uh, which is the engineering discipline required to, you know, to operate and uh, to be the high level operators of the farm. Um, so, you know, we're, we're in the process, uh, we're in the process and we have recently finished the cost analysis of operating the farm in, in northern New South Wales. So we've now got a very good handle. And interestingly, after six years of operations, uh, we're fairly confident that we, that we would have created 100 jobs in the area. So, you know, we've certainly attracted the attention of the local Shire Council and state government on that, on that score. Um, another interesting thing, um, Jack, worth mentioning is our, our current farm is 100% uh, powered by solar and batteries. Um, we have a 20, 20 28 kilo, kilowatt array of solar batteries on the roof. Um, and it's a 15 square meter shed. So with the overhang, that's, that's quite a lot of roof area. And we've got 43 and a half kilowatts of battery storage. So that's enough to power that small farm. Um, at the New South Wales site, obviously we'll have a much, much greater, we'll be spending a few hundred thousand dollars on solar power systems down there. And um, we're also looking at some very interesting uh, technology developed in Australia to capture carbon dioxide directly from the air. 
and um, use that to feed the algae because for every kilogram of algae that you grow, you need two kilograms of carbon dioxide to feed to it. So in other words, um, we are sequestering vast amounts of carbon dioxide as well. Yeah, it sounds like, like a bit of an all-rounder. You hit the jackpot for helping like, at the community, but also you're looking into ways of reducing your own footprint by using solar? Definitely. I mean, the whole, the, the whole um, a major mantra of the company is that we are, are planning to be sustainable. And um, in other words, benefiting, benefiting not only the economy and the economic side, but also the societal and the environmental you know, the old-fashioned triple bottom line. Nowadays, they call it impact, impact investing, impact operations. So, you know, we, we tick all those boxes. Um, there, are, there are not any waste products of note. Um, everything is, is, is used. Everything is produced becomes a product. Um, the water is recycled infinitum. Um, you know, we, we constantly uh, take, it, we take it from the river, we ultra-filter it to remove all the microorganisms, including most viruses from the water. So the water that we're growing in there is uh, as pure as we can get it with the salt. And because the salt's not removed during the harvesting process, we can recycle that again and again and again. And we'll have, we have large storage tanks on the farm for that purpose. Um, from time to time, we might need to discharge um, uh, you know, a harvested pond back to the river, you know, the clean water after it's ultra-filtered. Um, at that time in the process, all the, all the microorganisms, including the algae, are filtered out of the water. All the nutrients have been consumed, so there's no phosphate or nitrate left in the water. And if we do need to pump it back to the river, it's, it's billions of times cleaner than the water we take out. Um, so we're very confident that we'll get the authorization to do that. Well, at the moment, is it like a commercial reality? You are selling uh, products now or? No, we're not, we're not selling products. Um, we're able to produce products in very small amounts. Yep. Um, the, the demonstration farm um, has the capability of producing about 100 kilos of oil a month and about 220, 250 kilos of uh, protein rich byproduct a month. Um, these are really sub commercial amounts. So we are using, but um, once we get up to that sort of volume at the demonstration farm, we'll be using that to distribute to prospective customers in Australia and overseas. Yep. So, For like retail line into. Yeah, uh, we will. We we have no current or future plans to be a retailer. Yep. Uh, the plan is to be a wholesaler. Now, there's a good reason for that because the oil is worth at least two hundred and ten dollars a kilo uh, U.S. dollars. Um, that's wholesale. So, and the the protein's only worth a, a dollar dollar fifty a kilo. So. At the end of the day, it's about one to two percent of total revenues. So even if we had to give away the, the protein-rich byproduct, we would still be supremely profitable. So as you can see, we'll we'll be able to compete on the alternative protein markets very well. Yeah, I think it's like amazing what you're doing. For like just stepping back into, you said you've got zero waste. Not mm. sure really what you call the algae, the leaf of it. But like, what do you do with 
that after it's been processed, is it pressed for oil? Uh, we, we, we use the ultrafiltration system to dewater the algae. So that increases the concentration to around 15% by weight. Yep. Uh, we then spray dry it and then we um, need to extract the oil. So we have a, a process that we developed as part of the grant and uh, the, the university is currently installing a, 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 an interesting novel system for oil extraction, which uses partly uses the method we developed at the university. And um, it, it uses a method of um, food grade ethanol and water um, uh, passing through the algae to strip out the oil. So it's basically a well-known system, but it's applied in a unique way. Um, so that is going to be scalable. So when we build the farm in northern in the Northern Rivers area, that simply everything will be scaled up to a much bigger systems, but similar systems to the ones we're using now. Yeah, you just have a lot more to work with. Yeah, yeah. We we will have we will have a number of harvesting sheds across the property because we're looking at a, a large property and well in excess of 150 hectares. Um, which will keep us going rather well for 10 years or so. Um, and um, we'll have a number of harvesting sheds across the property and a single large uh, um, processing shed to extract the oil and, uh, and package. And so when we, when we go to, when the oil is sold, it will be, the oil will be put into large plastic barrels and um, the, in probably in 20 kilogram or similar sizes and the protein rich biomass will either be bagged or um, probably bagged and put into containers in large bags so uh, for ease of handling so that's basically what we're planning to do um, it, it might be worth Jack just mentioning here why we think this area of Australia is so good for algae farming yep um, we call central eastern coastal Australia the Goldilocks zone for algae farming. And the reason for this is, yes, it's close proximity um, to expertise in algae farming, namely our colleagues at the University of Queensland. Um, secondly, it's got the ideal climate uh, for production of algae, marine microalgae. Uh, summers are not too but on the coast. Um, the heat is moderated to an extent by cooling coastal breezes. Uh, the winters are not too are not too cold, so you basically got not too hot, not too cold. Goldilocks. Um, there is plentiful, affordable, fat, near urban agricultural zoned land um, adjacent to clean, salty river water, and also, therefore, because it's near urban, it's near the sources of labour and ports for shipping uh, the products. So it, it tips all those boxes, and we. We've got a property that we've selected. It's ideal. Uh, it's literally only minutes to drive to a, a large regional um, urban centre. Um, and it's got everything we need, quite frankly. It was really, it's really uh, good to look forward to for yourself, I suppose, mm. working in the company and seeing the opportunities coming from that. Like establishing 100 jobs in the community it's a mammoth mm. effort um, and mm. the community really feel that economic impact for the next five to 10 years. 
where do you want it to be? Like, do you want to be exporting overseas or just domestic markets? Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, the, the volumes that we will be producing for the oil, um, you know, it's um, you're, you're talking a market like the United States, maybe China. Yep. Uh, China's difficult at the moment for all the reasons I'm sure you know as well as I do. Yep. Um, sourcing investment or um, selling product is, is difficult. However, we have a potential buyer in the United States that's willing and ready to establish um, a rapidly growing market for our oil in that country, um, recognizing that, that there is unmet demand um, and the fact that our oil is rich in both EPA omega-3 and, uh, and omega-7 is a significant competitive, sustainable competitive advantage in that marketplace. Now the protein, the market for the protein, um, we've been talking to a major company in the States and also a major company here in Australia. Now I see, I see a future for the protein rich biomass uh, to be sold here in Australia because obviously the shipping costs are much less and um, uh, there are several large well-known food companies that have a range of breakfast cereals and um, alternative protein foods and even beverages because the, the alternative protein can be can be emulsified into a, into a, to, be able, to be able to be added to beverages as well. So you can imagine adding a protein-rich byproduct like that uh, to fortify breakfast cereals, uh, beverages, and a whole range of food products. So I see a good future in Australia for, for, the, for the byproduct. You know, the world's your oyster when you can build out different products from algae. I'm sure yeah. like, along the line, you do a lot of testing and find a new product along the way. So it's very yes. exciting. And I haven't been jumping in too much because I'm just in awe of like what you're doing. And the impact of it is quite cool for agriculture and just for others mm -hmm. to see what you're up to. It's a bit of a niche yes. sector. Yes. yes. Um, it's currently a niche sector but it has the potential to become mainstream. Yep. Um, for example, in, in the Northern Rivers area, the, on the particular river where we're looking at siting the farm, I mean, look, doing, doing, a, look, do, doing um, you know, Google Earth estimation of the area of suitable land either side of this particular river, uh, it, it adds up to about 10,000 hectares. So you yeah, can right. imagine the, the, the amount of food protein that can be produced on 10,000 years I mean, it would go a long way to feeding the entire, entire planet, um, which is extraordinary. Um, you know, so there is a real potential there for not just AQ Phonics, but a number of other companies establishing themselves in that area and the, the potential for literally thousands of jobs, well-paying, you know, uh, reliable jobs in the region yeah that's it well i i bet you might get a few interested looks after this podcast <laughs> yes the other thing that's probably worth plugging is that uh Cuponics is um, a founding industry partner and the the proposed new uh, marine bioproducts cooperative research center the mbcrc you're probably familiar with the crc system so i and a lot of people would be, uh, but it's the it's the major method, uh, means of the federal government funding um, 
uh, industry industry and academic research into uh, commercializing new products and systems and so on. Um, so we're part of this uh, bid, um, which um, I'm quietly confident about, that, it, that we hopefully we might be successful. Um, it's focused on developing a marine bioproducts industry in Australia, around the coast of Australia. Not just microalgae, but also macroalgae, also uh, marine animals, um, you know, for, you know, using, for example, marine animals using the, the, the waste fish skins and converting it into valuable products, for example. Um, and there's a lot of good things that come out of seaweeds and kelp and things like that as well. So we, we, we are part of that and we have committed um, um, financial resources over the next 10 years because it'll be a 10 year program should it be successful. Yep. Um, so you know, we're happy to be part of that. And it includes um, six or eight, I think it's six, I think it's now eight major university, uh, universities in Australia, uh, plus CSIRO and SADI, which is a South Australian um, research and development institute for the, for the major marine interest. So, uh, you know, we're very, very happy to be part of that uh, new plan. Yeah, absolutely. There's huge backing there from the universities mm. and from the government mm. side. Yes. It's it's been great to hear from you, Graham, about couponics. Okay. Um, yes. It'd be great to like touch in in a couple of years just to see where you're at or when you start going commercial. Yeah, well, as soon as we start doing that, we'll certainly be um, letting the media know about it. So no doubt you will you will hear and be delighted to talk to you about it again. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for the podcast. Just something I ask all guests is who's someone on that you would like to hear on the Farms Advice podcast and why? Oh, oh. Ah, I, um, there'd be a number of people within the, within the, the CRC that we're now part of. Um, that's very difficult to name one particular group really. Um, um, I look. I'd have to get back to you, and, and I'd have to ask them first to, to see whether yeah. they'd be, think it would be a good idea. Um, but I've got a couple of people I think I think would be really good, uh, and it might the timing might be great because I understand that there's going to be an announcement on the CRC bid process for the, all the different uh, bids that are in, in the works at the moment. So perhaps after that announcement comes out. Um, there might be an opportunity there. Yes, sounds great. Thank mm. you very much okay. for coming on the show, Graham. How can people, now's the time to plug yourself. How can people yes. reach out to you? Um, look, if you look at the couponics.com uh, website, um, there's uh, an email in info at couponics.com. Uh, that'll get through to me if anybody wants to contact and um, leave, their de leave their details and I'll be happy to get back to you. That's excellent. And you'll be able to find it in the show notes after the show as well. Okay, that's good. Thanks very much, Graham. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, Jack. Greatly appreciate it. No worries. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Farms Advice podcast and for Graham for his time there at Cuponics. It's amazing to see what sort of technology or what is propping up this industry to get it going. It has taken a long time, but it's exciting to see where Cuponics will be 
in five to ten years. You'll be able to catch the intro at farmsadvice.com.au and follow us on social media for further motivation to grow your agribusiness at Farms Advice. If you've got any questions, shoot them through or DM us on social media. We'd love to hear them and tune in next week. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.